My name is Phil Corbett from the podcast Van Sounds, and this is a podcast for Travel Nevada. It's part two of a two-part series. We're traveling the Ruby's Route, an exploration of northeastern Nevada. So buckle in, let's take a ride. Travel partner Sydney Martinez and I drive from the Jigs Bar south, and we turn off the highway onto Harrison Pass. It's a well-maintained dirt road that traverses the Rubies, and on the other side, in true Nevada fashion, you find something you do not expect. Wetlands. Ruby Lake National Wildlife Refuge, also known as the Ruby Marshes, is a remarkable network of waterways and home to something like 220 species of birds, largemouth bass, and six species of trout. It's not terribly uncommon to see people pulling out 10 pound plus rainbow trout, tiger trout, browns. This is Quinn Hesterly. So I work for the Nevada Department of Wildlife in the Law Enforcement Division. Uh, I'm a state game warden. Whenever I first started as a warden, I remember running into a guy that caught an eight-pound brown trout out of, out of the ditch, and it was, it was one of those special moments. Um, I know that elk frequent the area. They're a little bit harder to find every now and then, but I know some big elk will come down and hit the spring heads and uh, water up and then head up the mountain. There's always a lot of pronghorn nearby, and it does get some use from the deer, but they tend to stay up a little bit higher up on the mountain. If you follow the deer up into the mountains, you can see why this collection of marshes is called Ruby Lake. They, they call it the Ruby Lake, and a lot of people are confused by that, but the best way that I've found to kind of illustrate that it is a true lake and not just a collection of ponds is uh, taking them up onto the Rubies. There's a road you can get up onto the pass up at up at the top of Mitchell Creek, and you can see the full expanse of the rubies and really see how expansive it is and all that. Um, as far as describing the beauty, it's, it's definitely something you just have to experience. And I, I don't know that I have the words to articulate it well enough. The day Sydney and I are here, it's a hot summer afternoon. The sky is a deep blue, and from our perch on the bank, we can hear the breeze slowly comb through the reeds, brush over us, and continue across the water out into the desert beyond. What, what do you think people miss about this area? A lot. There's there's definitely a lot in uh, Nevada in general with all the mountain ranges. That every canyon you go up, there's a stringer of quakies and green with water coming out, and it's definitely one of those hidden gems that it takes a little bit of work to traverse Nevada and go through the big long valleys and whatnot, but you end up driving past a lot of it on I-80. You can see the East Humboldt's, and you get an idea there's something there, but Definitely East Humboldt's, Ruby's, Jarbage area. I haven't even talked about the Jarbage yet. Mm -hmm. But all, all of those are definitely spectacular areas that, that definitely offer a lot of uh, scenic vistas, I would say. Sydney asks, what 
is it that brings people to this place? It comes with uh, those blank blank areas on the map, I think. Um, being that we do have a wilderness in the rubies and then the wilderness up in the garbage, it's that blank area on the map that draws a lot of people. It takes a lot of work to get to those areas. Um, so they're a little bit more untouched in some ways. And it's it's a very grounding experience whenever you, you bust your back for 5, 10, 15 miles to get to an alpine lake that you finally get there and it's just awe-inspiring with the way the water glitters up at high elevations and how crystal clear it is and you can watch the fish come swim by. It It's great habitat in general for a lot of animals um, and that, that lends itself to a lot of recreation potential if the animals like it it's more than likely going to be very appeasing to to human eye that's for sure next we head north through clover valley in episode one of the cowboy corridor series we stopped at angel lake and ruby mountain brewery at the base of this mountain and on your way north from the Ruby Marshes, I highly recommend stopping in and picking up a six-pack or two. This brewery is on a working ranch, though, so make sure to call ahead. Passing through Wells, Nevada, we're headed for one of those blank spots on the map. The further north you get off Interstate 80, the more wild the landscape becomes. We leave the highway and drive about an hour west on a dirt road. We pass a silent reservoir with one single person floating in a rowboat in the sun. The road dips in and out of rolling sagebrush hills, and the whole scene is framed by a dramatic snow-capped range, straight out of a western movie. We eventually drop into a surprisingly green valley to meet up with this guy. I'm A.G. Smith, and uh, we're sitting on the deck of, of our ranch, uh, Cottonwood Ranch, um, in the northeast corner of the state of Nevada. And can you describe what it looks like here? <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, we're, the deck overlooks the lawn, and we have uh, quakey trees and willow trees, and looking out over the meadows, and the meadows are still pretty green. They're starting to dry up a little bit, but, uh, and then past the meadows are the rolling sage hills, and past the rolling sage hills you start getting into the mountains. The mountains we're looking at here are the Deer Creek Range. Um, the big mountains behind us here we can't see because of the trees, the Jarvage Mountains. A.G. and Vicki Smith run the Cottonwood Ranch. It has been in A.G.'s family for a few generations. My great-grandfather uh, came in. The, the area was settled to begin with. The first real settlers were the O'Neill family, which the basin is named after. They were uh, pretty notorious characters. They came west with the gold rush to be, make it in mining and didn't, so they started pilfering cattle and selling them to the miners as meat. Um, did better with that, but of course it was illegal, so they got run out of California. And then they went to Ely area in Nevada, did the same thing. But this time they got caught more, and the father was killed, and the brother, one of the brothers was wounded seriously. Um, anyway, so there was 
four brothers and a sister and the mother, and they came north, and they settled in the O'Neill Basin here. Um, this was sort of no man's land. It, there was uh, several big ranches around it. Sparks Herald was to the east, and Bradley to the south, and big ranches up in Idaho. Anyway, and so their cattle would come down in here and graze in the summertime. This was summer grazing for all of those ranches. And so the O'Neills, they had, had learned a little bit. They, they started bringing the cattle, a cow and a calf, a pair, into what's called the calf pasture, which is a box canyon over here. And, and they would take the calf off the cow and, and keep it and then turn the cow back onto the range. So the cow would go home. She wouldn't have a calf, but it didn't really bring, ring any bells. So they, and then they'd brand the calf as their own. And that, they, they build up a very big herd doing that. They became very prosperous uh, ranchers in the next generation. <laughs> and so anyway, they, uh, they, sold, they, they came to a point when they, I don't know why. I, I think a lot of it is that really tough winter that they had in the late 1800s. A lot of people went out of business. They lost all their livestock. And it hit the O'Neills really hard, and I don't think they ever really uh, were able to recoup from that. But anyway, my great-grandfather and partners bought the O'Neill Holdings in, we're going to sell it in 1921. So in 2021, we're going to celebrate 100 years being on, being the family, being on this place. So, Sitting out on the patio at AG's Ranch, you can really tell that there is a lot of love this place people people talk about and it isn't just us it's people in the ranching business anybody that's tied to the land doing something with the land the land it's like it gets in your blood it's in your and there's a lot of ranch ranching isn't a a real profitable operate business so there's another reason for people to be in ranching usually and uh and that is the the lifestyle and the land and the animals and uh, there's something that happens here without a doubt and I, I'm not saying just here but there's something that happens when you're out in nature and you're and you're away from all the hustle and bustle and it, it is uh, it's good for the soul yeah I've lived in Nevada my whole life. I've explored huge swaths of it, but one place I've heard about since I was little and still had never been to is a town called Jarbage. It is a legendary place, so far out of the way that they call it a ghost town, even though a bunch of people still live there. Sydney and I get to it by actually leaving our home turf, passing through Jackpot, Nevada, into Idaho, and then dropping south on a series of dirt and lightly paved roads. For a good chunk of the year, this is the only way into the town. This year, they used the snowplow to open the southern entrance on 4th of July. And even then, it's a three-hour drive to Elko, mostly on dirt roads, and that is the closest city in Nevada. 
it is seriously remote. And the town is one of the rare towns that exists within a wilderness area. I'm Jay Stiegel, and we're at the Red Dog Saloon in Jarbidge, Nevada. And so when you're, when you're out, how do you describe Jarbidge? It is gorgeous. It's something that most people wouldn't believe is in Nevada. When people come here, they don't believe they're in Nevada because of the terrain, the trees, the mountains. Because most people think, you know, Nevada's nothing more than a wasteland because they drive across I-80 or 95, which goes through Alkali Flats. And, but they don't realize you get 20 miles off of those roads in either direction, you'll find places not as gorgeous as this, but you'll find trees, running water, old ghost towns, mining camps, and a lot of history out there. Jace owns both bars in town the Outdoor Inn, and the Red Dog Saloon. The main street is a dirt road that runs north-south, and in addition to the bars, it has a few shops, a community center, a handful of homes, and hotels. It uh, still has the old west feeling. The old buildings still have the false fronts, and we're dirt roads, no stoplights, no stop signs, one lane road, and we only have one intersection. I think I would describe it as I like the, the remoteness, the ruggedness, and the beauty of the mountains. Do you know why you like that remoteness? Is that something you can put into words? It's the peace and quiet. Once the hustle and bustle of the weekend's over, it's just the locals in town and the occasional day tripper that'll come through, and you don't have any traffic, and the silence up here is deafening. You hear nothing on a calm day, except for the water running in the creeks and the rivers. And as cool as the town is, it's all about what's around the town. Basically go in any direction and you'll find some of the most remote, wild, unbelievable terrain in the state. Uh, there's a lot of areas that you can go to and hike, and like you say, in all different directions, depending on what kind of terrain you want to see. If you want to see high desert, steep canyons, you want to see mountains and forests, you want to see caves or old abandoned mine buildings. There's different directions and different things you can see in all, all around here. We have a, a, a very unique situation here where you can go from the high desert to the mountains all in the same day, relatively quick in a couple hours. Hanging out in either of the bars in Jarbage, you'll notice something special. There are no TVs and the people at the bar are talking to each other about what's going on outside. I listened in on probably a half dozen conversations, and almost every single one of them was about the weather, the land, or about something new they found outside. And that went for visitors and locals alike. Human interaction is a, a big deal. Where you go to some of the big cities, especially like Reno or Vegas, for example, you walk into a bar, hardly anybody talks. They're all glued to whatever's on on the TV or whatever's going on around them. You'll see 15 different people sitting there and all staring at a TV. Where here, people talk to one another and they engage. People that have never met this person in their life now all of a sudden has developed a friendship, you know, whether it's just a, a one night to have a drink with and talk about why you're here and where you came from or if you have mutual interests or you're from the same area. I, I like the fact that it's too far from anything because it keeps the people that shouldn't be here out. You know, this is a place you have to want to be coming to to get here. You don't stumble across Jarbage Lost. If you, if you come in here and you're lost, something bad is happening in your life. Seriously, this town is out there. But if you have any interest in wildness, silence, a good bar, 
Dirt roads, mountains, canyons, caves, mines, history. This is a place that's worth the drive. The trip back to Elko is about three hours, but Sydney and I are in no hurry to leave. So we order one of the Red Dog's specialty Bloody Marys made with whiskey and put a dollar in the jukebox. You don't get to be this far off the highway that often. And that's the biggest thing the Ruby's route offers. A place to listen closely and to hear something new. This podcast was produced by me, Phil Corbett, for Travel Nevada. You can find more podcasts, posts, and recommendations at TravelNevada.com. This was part two of a two-part series about the road trip we call the Ruby's Route. And if you know somebody who's into those blank spots on the map, send them a link. The intro music in this episode is a song called Sage by Reno artist Jake Houston. And the outro was made specially for this show by People With Bodies. You can find me and my other work at vansounds.org or search vansounds wherever you listen. And that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you out there.